When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're invited to I Am The Cute One, the most chaotic school dance in the podcast universe. Let's spike the punch, grind to Usher, and recap some of the cutest movies that made our millennial minds explode. Hello, I am Donnie, and I am the cute one. And I am Chelsea, and I am the cute one. And we are here with the cutest one, and that is Emily from She Speaks Bravo. Hello. Hi, guys. Such an honor. Oh, please. It's an honor for us. I am so excited. I was telling Donnie, it's so nice to have, not that like, I think by the end, we either terrify our guests to the point that they're never going to speak to us again, or we do become friends with them. But it's so (laughs) nice to have like a friend already come on the podcast. (laughs) I'm so excited. This is literally my favorite podcast. (laughs) It's like a game show. You guys have like segments. You're like, and this is the part of the podcast where we scare everyone. (laughs) But that's the whole hour. Truly. (laughs) (laughs) So this is the part of the podcast where we announce that we have merch now. It's so good, you guys. There's so much. Of it. Thank you. Yeah, we got a small little launch with about <laughs> 82 items. Just you know. a casual Sunday evening mm-hmm. at 6 p.m. launch. Did not <laughs> announce it, didn't tease it, just dropped it on the people. I saw it in your stories, Chelsea, and I was like, oh, let me just click this link. And it, like, I kept scrolling and it kept loading more. And I'm like, okay, this has to be the, lo- oh, no. It, oh, no. It, Oh my God, it yep. kept loading and loading. Yeah. So much good stuff. Everyone listening, you have to check it out. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, if you're listening, you can go to IamTheCuteOne.com to shop our looks. And like Emily said, the website is much like our personalities and the layout is quite chaotic. So if you want to sort by the type of item you're looking for, it's a lot cleaner experience. So just go to that website and sort by item. I wouldn't even so I would just go through it and just enjoy the journey. <laughs> I always make the joke that I have the technological ability of an octogenarian. Like I truly am grandmother adjacent when it comes to anything having to do with computers, websites, but I am quite pleased with our merch. Basically, so Donnie good. and I played a game all week of like, <laughs> can we make each other laugh? And the answer is yes, because it's <laughs> insanity over there. Did you guys yeah. just pass designs back and forth? Yeah, and we didn't say no to, <laughs> to any yeah. time that hit the table. It's a virtual yes and of merch. <laughs> it is, it is. <laughs> Before we move on, Chelsea, what's an octogenarian? An octogenarian. It's somebody... <laughs> <laughs> an octogenarian is a magician that works with octopi. <laughs> no, an octogenarian is somebody in their 80s. Oh, okay. I didn't know that either. I was When you didn't ask anything, I was like, okay, this is a term we all know, and I'm... <laughs> Going. We'll look it up at a later date. So, <laughs> listeners, don't say that you never learn anything from this podcast. Speaking of learning things, Chelsea, I learned today that people hate you <laughs> after last week's episode. I've been made aware of a group chat about you in my hometown demanding you're fired from this podcast, all because you hated Jody Sawyer and Center Stage. So, would you like to use this time to file a retraction or do you want to stand by your hate? You know, I'm going to quote the great. Nini leaks and say, I said what I said. 
I said what I said. I stand by it. And if you are going to stand by Jody Sawyer, you know, that's on you. <laughs> I feel like I'm like one step away from just pulling a sister act and having to go into the witness protection program. People are pissed. <laughs> and for good reason. <laughs> I stand with them. <laughs> uh, welcome to my life, Emily. We are here today to recap Romy and Michelle's high school reunion. So some facts about this movie. It was released April 25th, 1997, and it was, you guessed it, a Friday. Can't Hold Me Down by Puff Daddy, Hypnotized by Biggie, Foolish Games by Jewel, For You I Will by Monica, and Wannabe by the Spice Girls were the top five songs on the radio. Hits! All hits, all hits. And number one at the box office was Liar Liar. All great things happening April 1997, which normally we don't do TV because most TV premieres in September, but in spring 1997, Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Smart Guy had just premiered. So thank you, April 97. What was Smart Guy? With Taj Mowry, where he was like elementary school age, but he was so smart that he went to high school. It was great. I feel like if I saw, you know what, I'm just, while we're talking, I'm going to look it up because I'll be like, oh yeah, that. My memory of things is usually picture oriented. Smart guy TV show. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's Oh yeah. Yeah. I was hoping that was your reaction. Okay. (laughs) Donnie and I, a couple months ago, did this fun little thing where it was going to be a tit for tat. Like he had never seen The Office and that's one of my favorite shows. So he was going to watch that. I had never seen Buffy, so I was going to watch that. To this day, what season of The Office are you on right now, Donnie? Six. I lost steam halfway through six. I get it. So Yeah, six is a slog. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and I, to this day, have not seen a single (gasps) second of Buffy. And what's crazy is, if she didn't feel like she was going to be a Buffy person, I gave her like five shows to choose from. I was like, Desperate Housewives, Veronica Mars, Buffy, and then something else. And she chose Buffy, and yet it remains unwatched. Oh my god, the angel Buffy, when will they get together, was like my sexual awakening. (laughs) Oh my god. That was when I learned that like the TV magic of like, Will they get together? Won't they get together? I remember like telling my dad, when will they get them back together? And he was like, that's the point. Like that's, they want you to keep tuning in. And I was like, oh. But some things go on far too long though. Like Ross and Rachel, I know they were together for a little bit, but like it still always felt like we were never safe. And 10 years of that (laughs) is too much. It's true. Come on, guys. Like we get it. (laughs) I understand why the trope exists, but. At some point, it just gets on my nerves. At some point, it turns into a toxic relationship. And it's like, are we still rooting for this? Are we actually wanting these two people to be together? Because they keep having to create obstacles. Mm -hmm. And so you're like, okay, guys, we are coming through a lot of dark shit now. Like, at this point, maybe we should just get over it. It's the Grey's Anatomy effect. When you have to go through a bombing, (laughs) a gun shooting person, and a plane crash, it's time to maybe throw in the towel. However, the bomb on Grey's Anatomy is one of the best episodes of all time. I have a confession. (laughs) I've never watched Grey's Anatomy. (gasps) I've watched half an episode and I went, this shit is not worth the fucking hype. There, I said it. I said it. Okay, but wait. What season? Wait, wait, wait. I don't fucking know. You guys in your stupid ass Grey's Anatomy, I swear to God. No, not me. Not you guys. And because here's (laughs) the thing. Season two, I think, is one of the greatest Television seasons of all time, but 
I stopped watching it season three because that's when I could tell like we were going downhill fast. Mm-hmm. She was in heaven for an episode and I was like, oh no, no, baby girl. This is not what I signed up for. So I haven't watched in like 15 years, but season two truly is incredible. I stopped watching after the one girl went through the windshield and woke up and everyone was singing. I was like, okay, it's time. I've enjoyed it. Thank you, Shonda. Thank Good you, day. Shonda. Now, I had checked out long before that, but the musical episode is what made me tune back in. And I was like, no, still awful. Naturally. We're like ships passing in the night, Donnie. Are you guys watching Bridgerton season two? No, they took me out neither. the sex and they took out the dude. That's what I heard. I said, so what's the point? Did you guys not listen to viewer Give feedback? Butts. Give me butt. Yeah. It's like everyone's like, I love all the sex and I love the Duke. And they said, I know what we should do for season two. Remove both of those things. Yeah. And before people come into our DMs, I do know it's based off of books. I know the Duke isn't really in books two through however many eight. But we're talking about a show here, not a book. If you want the book, read Read it. it. Read it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So (laughs) while we're here, let's take this conversation over to the community at thedip.com. It's a great way to join the conversation, connect with your favorite content creators, and express yourself. So head over to thedip.com. That's dip with two peas and join in. You can use code SPRING for 95% off. We'll talk about the Duke spot. We'll talk about Ross and Rachel and Jim and Pam. We'll talk about all of it. So, like I said, we are here for Romy and Michelle. So I want to give you a little bit of background and trivia before we get into the movie itself. It was directed by David Merkin, who also directed the Jennifer Love Hewitt hit Heartbreakers, one of my favorites. It will be covered on the pod eventually. (laughs) And written by Robin Schiff, who wrote Loverboy about Patrick Dempsey becoming a high school prostitute for cougars. And not really much else. What? (laughs) Yeah, it's about a pizza boy played by Patrick Dempsey who delivers pizzas and sleeps with older women for money. Hmm. An entrepreneur. (laughs) That's a story for your high school reunion. You wouldn't have to make up inventing post-its if you were a prostitute that delivers pizzas. (laughs) So now for some trivia. This movie was based on two characters from the 1988 play Ladies Room, which took place in the ladies room of a mexican (laughs) restaurant and in the play lisa kudrow played michelle huh i know so they loved her so much they brought her back for the movie and they wanted to bring in tony collette for the role of romy but she was hesitant to do the accent so she turned it down and that's all the trivia i have pretty good yeah i like that lisa kudrow leaned into just her bit her shtick of Uh being like ditzy phoebe I like that because I hate when actresses or actors do the thing where they're like, I don't want to be typecast. I'm like, Mm -hmm. bitch, the second part of that is cast. Get your life. Like, don't (laughs) turn it down. Especially, I feel like so many don't want to be seen as, like you said, Phoebe, Steve Urkel, Joey, whatever. But I feel like if they played other roles basically the same way, they're still giving people what they want, but also showing like, this is Urkel and it's whatever detective da 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 it's also this guy here and then when that show ends we see that we still love you in these other roles exactly just Mm -hmm. adapt it to something else Mm -hmm. it's the Vince Vaughn effect yeah Vince Vaughn plays himself in every single movie Mm -hmm. I love that giant teddy bear I love him (laughs) you're so right because I just watched old school again and I'm like okay Vince Vaughn just does this and then he does wedding crashers he does that like that's all he does and I love it the breakup the breakup wonderful 
And that's the someone else that only plays herself is Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> so, so that was really a team up there. So, Emily, before we make you recap this movie in, I was going to say an hour, but <laughs> in one minute or I'm less. I'm like, oh, we have an hour? Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> what character in the movie do you most identify as? Um, Romy. Oh, okay. Uh, because I care too much about what other people think about me. And I let that mm-hmm. hold me back in life. I wish I could be more a Michelle and be like, ignorance is bliss. Like, she's like, mm-hmm. what? We're not yeah. cool? We were having a great yeah. time. And so I relate more with Romy. And I wish I could be even more like a Heather Mooney, like smoking the cigs and just inventing <laughs> shit. And but getting things done. But yeah, unfortunately, I was like, oh, I'm so Romy. Romy's a good one. Main character energy. Mm-hmm. For Fine. Sure. I always want. I always would like to be like the sidekick. I always wanted to be like the Rizzo, you know. Like, okay. I, but I always ended up getting cast as the annoying lead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. I typically like to cast myself as the main character of these movies that we cover, but in this case, I think my true Gemini spirit came out because I have two completely different personalities. So I think that I am half Heather Mooney smoking the cig mm-hmm. and cursing at people, telling people to fuck off. And I'm half that annoying bitch Toby. I love. Who just like can't read the room and is just like really excited about states and is like just happy to be there. I think I'm like equal parts both of those. I can wow, see that. Wow, wow. I love that. I said I'm half Toby. <gasps> <laughs> I did. And who's your other half? Michelle. Okay. And I think what they have in common is like just all of me, but those two women do make up like the same person. Mm. And that same person is Donald Hadfield. I just totally <laughs> saw like all of that. That really captured both of you perfectly. <laughs> I loved it. Well, thank you. I loved it so much. So now the time has come, Emily. We will put one minute on the clock. Hold on. Let me get my notes. Okay. Get those notes. Okay. I'm ready. All right. Your time starts now. Okay. Romy and Michelle High School Reunion is a story about how perception is everything and ignorance is bliss. These two lifelong best friends have been living pretty much the same life for the last 28 years, (laughs) except Romy has been living in a reality where their lives are terrible and Michelle's been living in a reality where their lives are amazing. So when Romy hears about their 10-year high school reunion, she decides they need to be totally different people to impress the mean girls who used to terrorize them. She comes up with the very believable idea that they invented post-its, which leads to a fight about who's the Mary and who's the Rhoda in the relationship. When that foolproof plan fails... Michelle puts her foot down, lets Romy know that they are fabulous. They change into their signature mini dresses, and they dance with the nerd-turned-millionaire to time after time. (laughs) He helps them open a clothing store, and now their lives are amazing. And Romy realizes that Michelle was right. They were always great. They just needed to let more freaks in. That was perfect. That was perfect. And you know what? Normally when people come really well prepared for the synopsis, I get nervous because I'm like, oh my God, they don't know what they're in for. But you listen to this podcast, so you know what you're in for and still prepared. I love that. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. At first I was trying to get it really accurate. And then I had to go, Emily, take a deep breath. <laughs> <laughs> deep 
this isn't that important. Chelsea is not going to be able to tell apart Romy and Michelle. Like, I literally was like, hold on, I'm missing the part about Heather Mooney coming in. I'm like, Emily, (laughs) this isn't the actual synopsis that people are going to take and memorize. Uh, It's okay. They're actually putting it on IMDb when you're done with it. I was like, it isn't going on any kind of database. Like, you're okay. (laughs) Taking it way too serious. Chelsea, before today, had you seen this movie? No. I had not. Okay. No. That's not really a shock. I was like, not okay. even shocked okay, okay, okay. <laughs> But I do want to just clear the air. Everybody at home right now can take a deep cleansing breath. Everybody can settle the fuck down. I loved it. I love this movie. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm about to make it my entire personality. Yes! I saw that hour 31 <laughs> runtime. And then like two minutes in when they had that line about we're not even being conceited. We're just telling the truth. I was like, oh yeah, this is going to be like a core part of my personality moving forward. <laughs> well, welcome. It's funny because when I was starting to watch it, I was like, I'm surprised because I figured my assumption was you hadn't seen it, Chelsea. And I was like, this feels like a movie Chelsea would have like really identified with. Oh, I identified yeah. with it. Because it really like, it holds <laughs> yeah. up. The message is solid. They're yes. not like young, like little you know, Instagram model-y people. They're just like cool broads. And so it yeah. still holds up. I really love seeing everyone in their high school years looking like Billy looks like an absolute 40-year-old man. <laughs> it was very green. Yes, yeah, very green. <laughs> so Emily did a great job in one minute, but why not make it an hour? So we begin with two best friends and roommates, Romy and Michelle, who deck themselves out in more pleather sequins, feathers, and animal print than Raven Baxter and bond <laughs> over their love of doing dance routines at the club, making fun of classic cinema, and their hatred of throwing up in public. In short, they march, no, dance, to the beat of their own drummer, and they are more than content to do so. And... We praise them a little bit already, but they are just so cool. (laughs) I love them. I love them so much. And I love that they are like true besties that are so supportive and like just genuinely want the best for each other. This was a heartwarming movie for me. It is. And if we were to like really take these characters and plop them in the real world, they stay to themselves too. Like they're at the club, they're all these places and they're living their best life, but they're not like in anybody's way. So you could easily mind your own business and like let them be weird in the corner and not ruin their night and they won't ruin yours. But I would want to be their friend. Like I want to be invited into their world because it just seems like so much fun. I forgot how much I wanted to memorize their club dance routines. Like I forgot about that. I was like, oh yeah, I need to go back and review. And the option came up because it was like, do you want to rent this for $3.99 or buy for $4.99? I said, what the fuck do you think I want to do? Buy $4.99. So tonight, when I get back from my work thing, I will be watching that routine. And I'm like, five, six, seven, eight. So expect some Instagram Live. Maybe we'll do like a dance class on Instagram Live. Wait, okay. I'm actually having a live idea. TM, 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 TM. Nobody steal this idea. I forgot that Romy speaks like Elizabeth Holmes, so I was in hog heaven this whole movie. And she was like, I invented post-its and Theranos. Um, so Romy talked like Elizabeth Holmes, who talked like me before I went to college. <laughs> she has that like Jersey, Philly, Maryland accent, the long O's, when she's like, I'll have a Diet Coke. Like, 
that is how I talked before I went to college in the South and people bullied me and they said that I was putting on a fake British accent. And I'm like, <laughs> no, we just say our O's like that. When Romy was having sex and she was like, oh, oh no, oh, Ramon, oh. I'm like, oh my God, this is like literally how I talked before the South bullied me. Wow. Did you have a deep voice too? No, but I, I mean, I have my voice and I don't think it's particularly okay. high. So if I take <laughs> it down true. a couple octaves, I'll have a Diet Coke. Uh, I really like that see. they ordered Diet Cokes. Like, they didn't order cocktails. They ordered Diet Cokes so they could get their dance on. I said, respect. Yeah, you need it. <laughs> yeah. Energy. Totally. <laughs> Later at work, Romy runs into Heather Mooney, a former classmate who went on to <laughs> invent quick burning cigarettes for the woman on the go, who tells Romy she will not be going to the upcoming 10 year reunion. So it's here that Romy learns that she and Michelle were just not invited to the reunion. So they whip out their yearbooks and spend the night reminiscing about being terrorized by Christy Masterson and her A group, Michelle dodging the freak show Sandy Frank at every turn, and Romy's undying love for the school heartthrob Billy Christensen. <laughs> Janine Garofalo, well, I just want to put some respect on her name for a second. This character, uh-huh. like that line. I invented the quick burning paper. <laughs> what is it like twice the taste for the gal on the go or something? <laughs> yeah. This was an iconic scene. Like iconic. I was still pursuing acting. Like I thought I wanted to be an actress at this time. So I remember like even I was in what, like high school or something, not even like junior high when this came out. And I was like, this is a monologue I want to I want to perform. I <laughs> loved her performance in this, in this she moment. She was amazing because she had like the, understated comedic timing that one scene jumping way way ahead at the actual high school reunion where she's like (laughs) spilling her drink like (laughs) all over herself i just like i was dying laughing i love her so much and this also reminds me can we add mystery men to our lineup eventually donnie um i can't say no to anything coming your birthday month so you better get it in then because (laughs) Because if you ask me in July, you're being hit with a cease and desist. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> so this sounds pathetic saying it out loud, but I go through my yearbooks at least twice a year. And I don't know what I expect right. to change. It does sound pathetic when you say it out loud, Donnie. Go on. <laughs> I just love my yearbook. And I don't know what I expect to change in between my viewings, but there is something like soothing about it and clearly nostalgic, but like I loved high school. So, so I'm like, how many times? times do I need to see myself in a yearbook? 72? Good, because that's how many times I'm in it. That's the perks of being on the yearbook oh. committee, ladies and gentlemen. Oh. <laughs> you were that bitch. You uh-huh. were that person. I was. You were like on every page. In college, I have a full two-page spread. Like when you open a page, it looks like fucking Maxim magazine. Me laying in a field. Stop. Naked? <laughs> no. Oh, bummer. Me and my friend like cuddling in the grass for no reason. There wasn't like a theme. <laughs> Iconic. No, it's, a, um, it's a table of contents page. <laughs> iconic you put yourself in a two-page spread laying in the field for no reason and then you made sure that every single person who would go to that yearbook would see it because it's literally the table of contents that is psychotic and also kind of brilliant I the right people <laughs> Like what you're hearing? Head to patreon.com slash I am the cute one for more. 
There you can find uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes. That's patreon.com slash I am the cute one. See you there. Cuties, you know I cannot see a movie without pretending I'm in it, and now it's your turn. Have you ever tried to use the force when no one's looking or thought about what superheroes would win in a fight? Then you'll want to stop what you're doing, <laughs> unless you're driving, and visit Sideshow.com. Your eyes do not deceive you. They have a life-size, impeccably detailed replica of the child from Star Wars The Mandalorian. Now, I don't mean to brag, but Sideshow did send me the child. I call him Baby Yoda. I have since learned that is not his name, but he is my son now, so I will be continuing to call him as such. And we have been playing dress up, having photo shoots, and just having a grand old time. But if that one doesn't speak to you, how about a movie-accurate statue of Christopher Reeve as Superman? They got that too. But just wait until you see the incredibly lifelike figures of Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. We are thrilled to have Sideshow sponsoring our podcast today. They offer a wide selection of premium figures, statues, and fine art from the worlds of Star Wars, DC, Marvel, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and so much more. These limited edition, handcrafted, officially licensed collectibles bring pop culture's biggest icons to life in your home. And here is the best part. You can get an exclusive $50 off your first order of two hundred dollars or more it's a great opportunity for new customers to dive into the world of high quality collectibles or you can gift it to that super geek in your life perhaps that person in your life that you know would cringe when they hear that i've been letting my daughter sleep with my baby yoda and again that i refuse to stop calling it baby yoda plus shopping at sideshow earns you five percent back in sideshow rewards meaning for every one hundred dollars spent you get five dollars back in rewards that can be used on future purchases while geeking out is its own reward your collection goes farther with sideshow so what are you waiting for visit sideshow.com promo code cute one right now and get ready to let your geek side show oh that's clever sideshow like sideshow.com I get it. So we learned that Christy Masterson and the other Thistle Twats were an A group, which is made up of student council and jocks. And the B group is drama club. And the C group is like the weirdos that are in science club and like anything where you actually learn. So Mm -hmm. what group would someone be myself if they were in like all of the above because i was in student council but i was also in drama club and i was also in reading olympics i feel like you're one of those like because those people were the anomalies that got to like bounce around and be like the fun one that got to be everyone's friend that's fun i want to circle back to this reading olympics what the fuck is reading olympics donnie Emily, do you know what Reading Olympics is? No. (laughs) Guess it was regional. So this was an after-school activity you signed up for. This wasn't like English class or anything. You had a list of like 100 books that your team had to read before the event. And then in like March or April, there was a... An event like Olympics where all different schools brought their teams and they had also read all 100 books and then you're quizzed on those books. 
But one year, I didn't read anything on the list. I just wanted the t-shirt and hang out with my friends and have a pizza party. So then the day of reading Olympics came and I didn't read any book. So then I just skipped class all day and read one biography of Eleanor Roosevelt. And then the winning point for the competition was asked from that book. And I was still the one to save the day because they were like, what did Eleanor Roosevelt's mother call her? And I buzzed in. I was like, and then I got a point and my team won all because I waited till the last minute. I don't believe that's a real story. That is literally the plot of one episode of Arthur where he does a spelling <laughs> and he only learns how to spell one word. Donnie, everything that you just said in that entire story is ridiculous. Did you just read from like the plot of another movie? Like he just grabbed the back of a DVD. But that's the thing. He would know that I wouldn't know. Yeah. <laughs> No, there is no movies about reading Olympics, surprisingly. I can't really shit on reading Olympics, though, because I think that I would have liked it because I did enjoy reading. And you know that I love sports and winning. (laughs) As the two prepare for the reunion, they fear that their lives aren't impressive enough to blow the rest of the alumni away. So they plan on finding jobs, boyfriends, and losing weight before the big day. But after totally screwing up interviews with Barney's and other big name boutiques, Michelle is offered a job at a bargain bin discount store that she doesn't really like. That scene is so funny. I did have (laughs) flashbacks because the one summer that I often reference that I lived in the beach, I worked at the local stop and shop and I was the worst employee in the world. (laughs) I called out hungover like every single day. My poor friend that worked with me at stop and shop always had to cover my shifts. So she was just like casually always working doubles. Like she was working like 12 hours a day and I was just like, oops, didn't make it in. (laughs) But when I did make it in, we had like the world's oldest checkout machine where you had to like memorize like the grocery code and then you would enter the actual price. Like nothing was scanned, nothing. So I just started making up prices and (laughs) I would adjust the prices in accordance with how attractive I felt (gasps) the person I was checking out was. So like there was lifeguards coming in, getting full kegs of beer for like $6, (gasps) like a keg. I'm like, yep, $6. They're looking at me and I'm like, Gonna invite me to the party later. And then there was this one time I almost took it too far. I almost took it too far. (laughs) Well, on the other end of the spectrum, there was this asshole who would come in all the time and he tried to buy a king cone, like one of those, like, you know, from the freezer, just like those generic shitty ice cream cones. And I tried to charge him $12. (laughs) Like $12, that's so expensive. And I was like, yeah, it's, it's the beach. I mean, everything's expensive here. Got away with it. You got away with oh, it? He paid for that? He paid $12. He really wanted that king coat. <laughs> well, that's kind of impressive that you were able to get the $12 sale. The other part of that job is like we couldn't not be doing anything or they would stick you in the deli with like the deli meat and the cutter and all that. So you had to act like you were busy. So part of the store, so it was like you could buy beer. There was like a deli and sandwich shop. And then there was like the beach clothes section so my friend and I to look busy would just go around and we would just be like touching the clothes to pretend like we were organizing them just walking around just feeling up the shirts wow good times good times that's a good tactic when I worked at Gap and I had to fart I would do it into a sweater (laughs) (laughs) why a sweater like ones that were folded I would just go lower my butt onto a sweater fart and then keep it moving I felt like it would muffle the sound and the scent until some poor unsuspecting woman bought it 
<laughs> They're like, we're all talking about Abercrombie and how bad fear smells, but something <laughs> in the gap ain't right. <laughs> Only if you're small. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> the, ones <at> the-, <laughs> the ones at the bottom of the pile, you're just fine. Okay. Oh, <laughs> so <laughs> the women realize they won't be able to revamp their whole lives in two weeks. So instead, they plan on just lying about their lives and tricking their former classmates into thinking they are professional businesswomen. So Michelle makes their clothes and Romy comes up with a scheme to get phones and a car. And then they are Tucson bound. I loved their scene, like picking out road trip music and then sticking their tongue out at that little boy. I love road trips. <laughs> you do? You don't? Uh, I don't anymore because I'm old and my body ends up hurting mm. about three hours in. And I'm like, I need That's to stretch true. and I need to pee. But when I was like, so I went to college in San Francisco and I lived, I was from LA. So I loved like that road trip. But um, I remember I did it one time when I was like, I just, I just turned 30. I'm like, you know, it'd be fun, guys. Let's do a road trip to San Francisco. And we were like, Yeah. And we had made pot cookies, but we made the mistake of not bringing other munchies as well. So we we were eating, we ate the pot cookies, and then we had obviously such bad munchies that we were like, okay, but now I want to eat. So then we kept eating the pot cookies, and we were then violently high. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite descriptor. Probably that's why it was so horrible, because then like we were so aware of our bodies, and we were like, we have to pull over. Our bodies hurt. This was the worst decision. So since then, I'm not a big, huge fan of the road trip. That would put a pause on it for me as well. Yeah, I've had a resurgence of road trip love because now that I have kids, any vacation without them is an actual vacation. So like if it's just adults and I get to do whatever I want and not have it to be like turning around, Mm. like breaking up a cage match fight between a four-year-old and a two-year-old, I'm living my best life. I'm like, sure, let's drive to Antarctica. Let's go. So after realizing they never planned what kind of businesswomen they are, Romy comes up with a backstory of how they invented post-its. And after Romy says it's not believable that Michelle would be the brains behind any operation, the two fight over who is the Mary and who is the Rhoda of their duo. So Emily, since you're here, who is the Mary and who's the Rhoda out of me and Chelsea? <laughs> Oh, that is so mean. <laughs> Great question. Oh, my gosh. Okay, let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Okay. First of all, Chelsea, do you even understand that reference? Rude. I have a women's <laughs> study degree. I know who Mary Tyler Moore is. That's Thank true, you. I'm going to have to go with Donnie, you're the Rhoda. Love Rhoda. Yeah. Okay. Because, you know... At the end of the day, Rhoda is like the kooky character that's, you know, a little flightier. Yeah. You know what I mean? Hey, man. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. And like, so, yeah, <laughs> Chelsea's the Mary and Donnie's the Rhoda. I want to be the Rhoda. I would prefer to be the Rhoda in the equation. Yeah, you don't need to sell me on Rhoda. I'm fine with Rhoda. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy with this arrangement. Right? I don't think there's a bad <laughs> no. answer. Rhoda gets a spinoff. To be fair, Michelle sake. is the Rhoda. Yeah, I think so. But I did love that they were fighting over that. Like in the dream sequence on their deathbed. (laughs) Her deathbed. She will say, not until you admit that I'm the Mary and you're the Rhoda. (laughs) So because of their fight, the two decide to go their own separate ways when they get to the reunion. And the reunion is batshit crazy. Toby is flying through the air. Sandy arrives with a new face. Chelsea, how long into this did you realize this was a dream? Too far. Too far into this. I really thought they were just out there killing the game. It was the introduction of the old lady prosthetics where I thought 
there's still 35 minutes left of this movie. Surely this can't be the end. Surely they can't be on their deathbed. I was like there for the ride. Wow. It wasn't even in my mind that this could have been a dream sequence. Wow. Even the vote? <laughs> we got to all Even in the bra? <laughs> I think that this was the type of movie where I was like, yeah, I sure. love it. That's so mm-hmm. Michelle to just walk back in wearing her bra. That's just our girl Shell, you know? Even when she gets flipped over that limo, like, Ryan Phillippe and Curl Intention. I felt like <laughs> anything was possible with Romeo and Michelle. I, I and then in hindsight, what a perfect dream sequence thing. She's like, what vote? Like, that's such a dream thing that you're like in a dream. And you're like, then there was this vote. And I was like, I didn't even know we were voting. And I forgot to put my shirt on and I couldn't find it. And then I felt like I was watching an M. Night Shyamalan movie when she woke up and she was still in the car. I was like, I gasped. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> Oh, wow. With a half hour left. I love it. So Michelle wakes up still in the car, like you said, and I have a feeling things aren't going to run as smoothly for them at the real reunion as they did in the dream. True. Have you gone to your high school reunion? No. At all? Yeah. I was going to say, Donia, you better. You loved high school. (laughs) I did. So the year before my 10-year reunion, there was an all-year reunion. And like, as long as you graduated that high school, at any time in your life, you could have went. So it was me and two people from my year and then a bunch of old people. Like, there were no other young people. And then the year after, I went to my 10-year reunion, whatever it's called. So I have never gone to like an official reunion, but... Basically, in my hometown, Thanksgiving Eve, everybody goes to the like one local mm. bar. Aww. Well, oh, except my cousin and I, mono shot girl. <laughs> Shout out to you, cousin. My cousin and I like to play a game where every time we see someone we never wanted to see again, we take a shot. So <laughs> Thanksgiving Eve usually ends with one of us throwing up. <sighs> but the one that really sticks out to me as like a, a traumatic reunion story. I think it was a couple years after we graduated. We may not have even been 21 yet. We may have been using a fake ID at this point. And this girl from my graduating class had had two babies by that point. So like she had one right as we graduated and then another one like right before this Thanksgiving Eve. And she, I truly thought I was never going to have children after this night because she (laughs) got really drunk. And then she kept lifting up her shirt and like in the bathroom, pulling down her pants and yelling, this baby tore me up this baby tore me up and i was just like drink 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 so glad you're enjoying motherhood shout out to you like when she she took her pants all the way down so you saw full badge it was a little blurry by that point in the night i had seen many people i didn't want to see but it was one of those situations you like go to the bathroom to like pee together. okay mm. this baby fucked me up oh yeah i would have taken a shot for that as well. Oh, oh yeah, that is a must be inebriated situation. Yeah. Yeah, I threw up in my bushes. Mm, yep, <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Good. That sounds about right. Oh god. Yeah, no, I don't really mess with anyone from high school anymore. My high school was an all-girls school, so like we had groups that were like outside of it, like the all-boys schools, and like we did stupid house parties and crap like that. Yeah. But I was always in high school like, I hate everyone here. Like, I can't wait to leave. So as soon as I could get out, I was like, see you guys later. (laughs) I'm like the Romy and Michelle. I was like, me and one other person hung out a lot, and like that was it. And I was like, I was in drama, but I like didn't like any of the drama kids. I'm like, listen, just because you're weird doesn't mean you're like good at theater okay (laughs) (laughs) 
see, you say you're like Romeo and Michelle, but everything you're saying sounds like Heather Mooney, which I'm fine with. Okay, I'll take okay. it. <laughs> Good. Yeah. At the actual reunion, Romy tries to spread her post-it lie, but Heather accidentally blows their cover. So Michelle comes to her defense, but it is too late. Christy takes to the mic and makes them the butt of the reunion joke. So the two flee, where Romy breaks down about the pathetic lives they lead. Michelle, however, says she always had a great time with her in high school, and up until a few weeks ago, she loved her life with Romy. So the two change into their signature Barbie meets blow-up doll looks. Iconic. So good. So they decide to just have fun for the rest of the night, and the two make a grand entrance in their new dresses while I'm Your Venus plays. This song, Veet Razors, has ruined for me. Because (laughs) as soon as I hear, I'm your Venus, desire, I just imagine those like bushes and the razor going up in the commercial. Like, that's commercial. the theme song for Veet, I know exactly Venus what you're razors. talking about. Veet Razors ruined the song for you. You've ruined music for me because <laughs> you said Veet Razors ruined this. And I thought that was the name of some, like, lady grunge band that did a cover <laughs> of that. That was the latest addition to Club <laughs> Skunk Playlist. I'm like, who the fuck is Veet Razors? <laughs> Okay, yeah, I'm familiar with those commercials. I was wondering why you had so much fear and judgment simultaneously in your eyes. I'm like, I mean, it was a well-known I, I wondered, too. Your face didn't match. Like, I was like, it's just a commercial. We got to shave our Oh, eyes. I get it now. Okay, I'm very happy that, it, that it's just a racer. Oh, my head is hot. So, <laughs> Romy and Michelle take a stand against Christy, and Heather apologizes to the girls for ruining their lie. And Romy and Michelle come to the realization that in high school, everyone made someone else's life hell. Do you, I want to ask you, do you actively know whose life you made hell? And we don't need names or stories or anything, but like, when you think back, do you say like, oh yeah, I was a terror? Or would you be blindsided if someone came up to you from high school and said like, you ruined my life? <laughs> I would be blindsided except for <laughs> I do know that I made my brother's life hell. Okay. But like in terms of like outside yeah. of family relationships, I would be blindsided. I think I was just a bitch to everybody, mm. but like not in a targeted way, just kind of my general aura was bitchy. I think I'd feel really bad and I would be blindsided if somebody felt like I was like targeting them and I would want to like assure them that it wasn't anything personal. I was just a raging bitch to literally everyone in my life. I get it. My middle sister, she's on the list, as well as Deborah, we know. And one more that I've never spoken about, because if you thought my stories about the other two were bad... I I will be canceled. I can never talk about. But she's why everybody. So, so I wasn't like we're not going into racism territory. Okay. I don't want to say like that wasn't on my too, radar. I didn't even. I wasn't thinking of that either. Well, no, because I talk about how much of a terror I was, I don't want to say like except one girl. I would be canceled if I told you what I did to her. So like. Just now, she was white and kind of had to come in, but I'm never telling you. Oh, like you're not. That's the end of your no, story. No, yeah, I'm never telling you what I did to this girl on camera. Uh, <laughs> I didn't do it to the girl on camera. I'm not telling you on camera. Donnie, you're like a tomato right now. I'm what did so you do for white girls? What did you do? 
Emily, whose life did you ruin? Oh, <laughs> God, this, you just tantalized and titillated us. Oh, my goodness. Chelsea, when you were describing that you were just bitchy to everyone, I was like, oh, okay, that's probably what I, what I was, too. Because, like, I never felt like I was terrorizing anyone. Like, I did not actively bully anyone. But I'm realizing that right. in drama class, there was this junior. Uh, when I was a senior, she was a junior. And I had done... Like, not to toot my own horn, but I was, like, the star of the drama program. Like, I couldn't help being so fucking talented. She tried to recreate my role in her senior year. And so when I came back to watch their performance, she basically just completely ripped off my performance. Like, she did, like, a line-for-line reading. I mean, I wasn't there anymore. But when she asked how she did, I said, I mean, honey, you just basically did my performance. (laughs) So to answer the question, I would say her. I terrorized her. Wow. Her response to me was, you never get me a compliment. I said, well, earn it. <gasps> so she would say I terrorized her. I have the chills. That's incredible. Mm. Is it? My heart says yes. <laughs> Sandy Frank arrives in a helicopter and he's now worth millions, billions. He invented rubber for condoms or something. And he tells <laughs> Michelle he has everything he could ever want in life except for her. So when he asks her to dance, she agrees as long as Romy can join them. And the three do an interpretive dance to Cindy Lauper before flying off together. The night is a success. This motherfucker. <laughs> This man, Sandy Frank, is just a few years away from buying Twitter. (gasps) He is giving full Elon Musk energy. Ironically, circling back to last episode, Elon Musk energy and Ken doll energy, one in the same. This man is Elon Musk. (laughs) Now, I do love this actor. I know him. He was in Spy Kids. (laughs) I know that his first name is Alan. I cannot, for the life of me, think of his second name. In my mind, his name is Alan Sphincter. (gasps) I have been trying to have that aha moment. Does it start with an S? No. It's kind of it's kind of cheeky little yeah. Alan Sphincter and Alan, his real name, could both be like drag names. Do you want a hint? No, just tell me. Alan Cummings. Okay, I love him though. I do love their little dance. I love when he gives <laughs> yeah, his yeah. hand and they both <laughs> reciprocate. I like when they do like the wilting flower down, and then he That's and then amazing. he like taps them to come up in the winter formal of my. I think it was my junior year. There was one of the theater guys, you know, he wasn't out of the closet. I hope he is now. But he did this dance with me and a friend of mine. The three of us did it like full out. Like he went all the way down to the ground, was on the floor. We were doing all full out. Like the full thing was memorized and executed. I love that. Wow. Yeah. Now that's talent. When we all are together in the same room, I would like to perform this. Now I cannot dance and I have no rhythm. Well, that's not the point. (laughs) I think that I could pull this one off. And the cute thing is that uh, Mira Servino is actually a ballet dancer, trained and everything. So she had to dumb down her technique. So when you if you watch it, you can tell she's like holding back her actual abilities. Yeah, her talent. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, did you guys not know that? Did I just bring something to the table? (laughs) So the movie ends with them owning their own boutique and everything's happily ever after. And Heather Mooney comes out in that like yellow and white sundress Uh smoking the cigarette. She's like, I look like an (laughs) asshole. I love her. I love her so much. 
And they're like, we just changed her life. <laughs> when one of them was describing Heather Mooney as like their surly, aggressive daughter, that's how I describe my actual daughter. <laughs> I'm like, oh, look at her just terrorizing my life. I'm so proud. <laughs> I love her so much. <laughs> they ended that movie with like just so much joy. Like my face hurts from like smiling at the I was like, wow, this held up in every possible way. It, it really, really did. did. So that brings us to our final thoughts. So who would we cast in a remake or what would the plot to a sequel be if we were to bring this movie to modern day okay i just recast it like if they were going to do like a revamp okay and because i'm on a rupaul drag race <laughs> obsession i decided i would like to make romeo and michelle drag queens perfect so i want romeo as trixie mattel mm-hmm. and i want michelle as katya because they're besties in real life yeah okay love that Heather Mooney, played by Aubrey Plaza. Very on the nose. Mm, oh, that's mm-hmm. a really good one. Right? Toby, played by, a little bit strange, Jennifer Lawrence. I feel like she would bring a fun element okay. to like a nerdy character because she's actually yeah. quite comedic. Christy, played by Ariana Grande. Into Sandy, it. played by Harry Styles. Oh. Are you ready for Billy? Uh-huh. Timothy Chalamet. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's a good one. I love this. That's all I got. Yeah. That's all I got. I would see it. I would see it too. I'm like, wait, who do I call? <laughs> My wheels are turning now. Uh, so that dance routine at the end would be Trixie, would be uh-huh. Katya, and would be Harry Styles. I'm into it. And then Ariana Grande could join in too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she could be singing. Oh my gosh, she could. Yeah, I love that. I do get nervous whenever Chelsea says her wheels are turning at this part of the show. It means she hasn't done her homework. No, I have, okay. I have, I have, <laughs> okay. I have. Yeah, usually if I'm like, ooh, I'm going to take yours, that means I'm looking at my notes and I'm like, shit, I didn't do it again. <laughs> Donnie's going to kill me. No, I really did this time. You're not going to like it. But as you know, I am an SNL stan. Mm-hmm. So I figured let's just bring all of the SNL women. I love that. This me remake. too. So we have Kate McKinnon playing Romy's love interest, Betty Christensen. We have A.D. Bryant playing Toby. We have Leslie Jones playing Uh Heather Mooney. uh We have random cameos from Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, Maya Rudolph, and Kristen Wiig. And then for Romy and Michelle, we have Shashir and Melissa Villasenor as the main characters. Okay. What wouldn't I like about that? I don't know. Usually when I'm excited about it, you sit there like with a stink (laughs) face on. Donnie. Like you smelled that Gap sweater. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. No, I loved that. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. Thank you. So I did not recast it. Instead, I planned a sequel. So Romy and Michelle have not talked in like 10 years due to bad blood from a dispute in their business. So their children, Logan Lerman as Michelle and Sandy's son and Chloe Grace Moritz as Romy's daughter, have to put their own individual differences aside to force their parents to reunite at the upcoming 35-year reunion, Parent Trap style. I love. <laughs> Thank you. I love, I love, I love. That's a good one. Now love we that. have to send that into somebody because dun, 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 possible sequel news. So 
I normally don't drop news at the end of a podcast, but I'm doing it this time. So the two presented at the SAG Awards in colors that matched their Romeo and Michelle costumes, and it received such positive feedback that the writer is working on a sequel, and Lisa Kudrow and Mira Sorvino both said if they like it, they'll do it. Oh my gosh. So it could be right what I told you. And it's been long enough. Like, when they do sequels too soon, Mm -hmm. I usually hate, but when it's been a nice long long period of time it's had space to breathe and be like a new yeah. thing it's mm-hmm. usually good mm-hmm. i agree yeah and it has that nostalgia factor of like they can do a little call back and everybody can lose their shit including me now because again <laughs> delighted right. delighted in trance just All loved right? it final final thoughts what for us about this movie aged well and what aged like blockbuster I'm going to go first. Okay. I think it all aged Me well. Too. I was not being hyperbolic or facetious at the start of this episode. This is about to be my entire personality. Like if you follow me on Instagram, <sighs> buckle up. The Romeo and Michelle memes are coming. I am obsessed with this movie. I really think it might be like top three movies of all time for me. Wow. I'm so happy that I got to be a part of this. I'm so happy. Like, I felt like I had to write something down for what aged poorly. And I was like, I mean, maybe the fake sex scene to get the car. But then I was like, but I also thought that was so funny. And And she stuck to her guns. She was like, I'm not going to have sex with you, but I will do what it takes to get the car. And then she's like, oh, wow, you're so good. I'm coming. Okay, get off me now. And I was like, you wanted it to be believable. I thought it was hilarious. And then when she tells Michelle, she's like, did you really think I would do that for a car? Okay, just get in. <laughs> Michelle's like, what? But again, supportive friendship. Yes. She's like, hand jobs for the whole company. Good for you. Thanks for getting the car. Let's let's hit the road. I got tunes. You got hand jobs. Let's no do it. No judgment whatsoever. I thought it was all fabulous. And the message still rings true to this day. Yeah, it was great. I'm so happy. Thank you. Guys. I think this is the first movie that's ever aged perfectly for us. I think so too. <laughs> Usually, I can do like some sort of patriarchy yeah. shitstorm, but no i love it 10 out of 10 God, you go lisa great. kudrow yeah <laughs> yeah and the rest of the cast of ladies room <laughs> before we go emily let everyone know where they can follow you and listen to your podcast you can follow me on Instagram and on TikTok at She Speaks Bravo. And you can also listen to me basically anywhere you get your podcasts at She Speaks Bravo with Emily Hanks. And if you haven't already, please rate and review this delicious podcast because I love it. And if you do, it's free to do it. Support them because you know what? We don't get paid enough to do this. Okay. <laughs> That's all you can do for them. And I love you guys. Thank you guys so, so much for having Thank me. You. Thank you. Of and course. go read her podcast as well. You guys are so supportive and wonderful and all the things. So go show some love over there too. This was so much fun. Thank you for being here. Yes. Thank you so much. And everyone else, thank you for listening. Next week, we will be covering Scooby-Doo. So be sure to watch that in the next week. We will talk to you later. Love, love you like a sister. sister. Thank you for listening to I Am The Cute One, a nostalgia podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to give us a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. You can follow me at Real Donnywood on Instagram and TikTok. And if you want more of my personal brand of chaos, check me out at Ono Chels on Instagram. And for uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes of I Am The Cute One, head to patreon.com slash IamTheCuteOne. And go to IamTheCuteOne.com for the most chaotic merch on the planet. Talk Talk to you later. later. Love you like like a sister. sister. Seeking the truth never gets old. 
Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.